Simon, welcome to Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. I'm uh, really excited to have you on. Uh, like we were just talking about, uh, a friend of ours, uh, um, one of my in-laws, Richie, introduced us maybe what, four or five years ago now. I don't even remember how long it is. And so we know each other, but we don't really know each other. And so uh, one thing that we quickly found out that we had in common with just a couple of our uh, uh, meetings was that... Um, you know, we both uh, were involved with CrossFit um, at the time, both of our uh, uh, our spouses as well. And for me, I know my my spouse, Kathy, got me into CrossFit because I saw her doing all of these things. And I was just like, man, I've got to keep up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's something so, that kind of just comes alive inside of you. Like, hey, man, you get my Absolutely. Shit together. Yeah. yeah, like I wasn't doing anything. And, and I, well, I was doing some exercise and in some activity, but um, that certainly opened my eyes a little bit. And at first I was a little intimidated by CrossFit. Um, but then when I got there, I found out that it really wasn't uh, an intimidating place after all. But so how did, how did you get first introduced to, I guess, CrossFit and then it just, I guess, health in general? Like was, was that fitness something that was always uh, an important part of your life or did it evolve over time? It's something that evolved over time, definitely. Um, I played sports in, in um, ever since I was probably like six or seven. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, you know, it runs parallel with, you know, fit, um, like sports run parallel with, you know, nutrition, fitness, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of, whether it's the old paradigm of, you know, the, the food system or the food pyramid or the new one. I mean, but yeah. either way, it's just kind of like that's evolving, you know, the, you know, that kind of intrigued me. So, of course, you know, when you first start, you know, doing sports or whatever, it's for fun. And then it kind of transitions into, you know, like, you know, fun. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, this also kind of, you know, helps you, you know, get with the girls or whatever, <laughs> um, or whatever your preference is, whatever. And, uh, you know, and then after that, it becomes, you know, like, well, you know, it has to turn into something else. So I started, you know, of course, when I joined the military, like that was also relevant, like what you get to be, you know, fit, yeah. you know, like you had yeah, to pass absolutely. PT tests and what have you. So, I mean, granted people gave me shit because I was Air Force. So, you know, it was like, hey, you just ran a mile and a half. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I was sprinting that damn mile and a half. <laughs> I'd rather run three miles. Like at least I can warm up, man. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, no, and it just kind of, you know, reading magazines, um, uh, trying to understand like, you know, what foods to eat, what not foods mm -hmm. to eat. And I think it all kind of, you know, it was just like a, a hodgepodge of different, you know. Yeah, trying new things, right? Yeah, like influences, saying, hey, trying to see what works. Yeah, you know, somebody somebody posts that uh, or, or somebody writes an article about something and it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll try that. Maybe I won't. And, you know, that evolved for me too, even just with my nutrition about like, okay, well, eating certain things, eating it, you know, um, every two hours. And now I've gone from all of that different stuff to fasting and going plant-based. And so, you right. know, it really, you know, it's just a matter of, of, paying attention to how things make you feel and then right going off of that right like it doesn't have to be a specific one thing for everybody so right and so as far as the influence of that like i've always kind of been aware of what i was eating 
but I never wanted to accept that idea, especially when younger, because it was like, I'll just burn it off anyways, you know, it ain't mm -hmm. gonna matter. But if I knew what, then what I know now, I would have been a way better athlete, you know, a lot, a lot more dialed. Mm -hmm. um, I would have been just aware of uh, how these things, but becoming like specifically aware of the uh, X foods or what have you that you eat. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we talked about CrossFit and that was kind of one of the things you've evolved. I feel from the military aspect mm. of it yeah. where you had to people were like at fobs or cobs or whatever, and they had to make do with what they had. So whether that be sandbags, water bottles, um, this type of, you know, functional like fitness as you will, yeah. but you're just trying to figure out things to do. And usually like, um, you know, so I think that kind of idea started kind of being implanted in me, like seeing the, what did they call them? The suspension training and mm -hmm. um, track systems and stuff like that. So I think that's where it kind of first started. And then my wife started CrossFit. Like, like you were talking about your wife, uh, she started CrossFit and I was still like doing the running thing and weightlifting. I was still in that mindset of, you know, like, you know, move heavy weights, get big mm -hmm. kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. at that point, it was kind of like, all right, let's be realistic. Like I'm not, I've lifted a lot of weights in my life. My body type is not ever going to grow to that, you know, whether it was a plateau or what have you. Sure. Or just me not being consistent or me not eating the foods that I was supposed to eat. Um, I think it was a combination of all those, but mm -hmm. I was like, I need to find something that, cause I get bored really easy yeah. with like workouts. Yeah. And that's another thing I was doing. I was even, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's the one thing about CrossFit that was great is that you never got yep. bored. And the one thing that when I, when I was starting CrossFit, like I've always been a bigger guy. And so, you know, the person that I am now was, not nearly the individual that I used to be, you know, I mean, you know, at one point I was 290 pounds. And so, you know, I've been a bigger individual in high school, even I remember working out for football and it was all about, you know, how heavy you could, you know, you could bench and how much you could squat right. and, and all of that. But then as an adult, as I looked at working out and getting in shape and doing all of that, I, I wanted to be strong, but I didn't want that. Like that wasn't anything that, I really, I didn't want to bulk up. I didn't want to be this, this individual. And so you look at CrossFit and that was a perfect example of trying to build strength without this kind of bulkiness to it. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of building on a platform and uh, you know, in CrossFit, just like anything else, people can take it to extremes. Um, for me, I was glad that I had yoga before I had a really good yoga practice before I went to the CrossFit because nice it allowed me to kind of <clears throat> like the, I'll never forget the first um, yoga place had uh, a sign outside the door. It said, leave your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of all get into that, especially when you start working out, you want to compete with somebody else and you see them lifting a, a weight. And it's just like, Oh, I got to get to that. And you lose yourself in that process. You lose what you're there, there, what you're there for, what you want, um, and so, and so I think that that's just a natural tendency, but if you can, if you can look past that and like I said, leave your ego at the door and just start from basics, because I guess, let me tell you, when I first went back to CrossFit after all of those years, it was a humbling experience <laughs> to, uh, 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 to do all of that for real. 
Yeah, and that's one thing I love about CrossFit. It, uh, it, it definitely started putting that idea in your head to leave your ego at the door because prior to that, you know, that, that wasn't the case. I mean, it was just never really talked about. I mean, we'd mm -hmm. say it every once in a while, but not necessarily specifically to, to work, towards working out. So that helped me start shifting the way I, I understood like fitness and like, all right, like not, not for nothing, I'm still going to compete, but I'm going to be smart about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to try to hurt myself. I'm going to do it proper. I'm going to do a proper squat if I'm going to do it right. Um, Cause you know, not for nothing. I've had, you know, you know, just weightlifting in general you get all kinds of injuries from that. And it's because I'm pretty sure I was using it in proper form. Yeah. And, and, and the goal is to, especially once you start doing it and you get this habit is to, is to be able to do it every day, if that's what you choose and to not injure yourself while you're doing it so that you can, you know, avoid some of that stuff. Now I know some of the, of what you're doing with mountain biking is unavoidable, oh, <laughs> but, yeah. but as far as the working out is concerned, I mean, you know, you can, you can still do this and push yourself, but be mindful about your limits, your boundaries, right. You know, while exploring what those are. It's kind of funny you bring that up because I've been in this, uh, mindset, uh, not mindset, but like, I kind of hit the same barriers that i hit in cross like crossfit except like not expecting it because the ego thing did come up competitiveness did come up when i first started racing mm. especially when last year i decided to race pro just to see what it would you know i don't feel as a, like in my mind the justification for that was it's all going to boil down on time anyways you know what i yeah. mean yeah so i want to see what that does to me on a competitive level like mentally Mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. uh yeah and that from that race i learned quite a bit and now moving forward i'm just kind of having fun with it because i didn't like the way it was i was pushing like way too hard and i crashed a lot and yeah. i it wasn't fun you know what i mean it was just like it became <laughs> something else and i i, I, I remember know, so. you i remember you posting some pretty in some pretty intense pictures right of uh, oh yeah some, some different things that happen along the way yeah 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 i'm actually working on a, a a video right now um just talking about the injury portion of it and like coming to that understanding and if it helps others if it does it does if it doesn't it doesn't you know what i mean it's just information i'm throwing out there and yeah in a way it's something like that creating. you learned to learn you learned along the way and and if somebody can take some of that information for whatever it is then then great right right exactly yeah. It's kind of like what you're in a way you're kind of doing here, you know, with this podcast. Yeah. 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 Whatever the information that you get is great. And you know, it, it's, it's really just about enjoying the conversations and, uh, uh, but yeah. And so, yeah, so in, in CrossFit really helped me look at nutrition and food completely different. And so now I will tell you that I still have a lot of the same habits that I've always had. I mean, I have a sweet tooth and so it is hard for me to control you know, like if I, if I get like jelly beans in the house, you know, if the bag is open and in front of me, I am going to walk by and grab a handful. Right. Uh, I'll tell the story I, that I tell to a lot of different people because it's completely appalling for me, but it's reality. A bunch of years ago, we go to Costco and buy like this, I don't know, three and a half or five pound bag of Swedish fish, whatever they have there. I think it's like three and a half pounds. Mm -hmm. 
and we buy this on a Saturday and on Sunday night, we sit down to watch a movie and Kathy was like, where's the sweetest fish? And I was just like, oh yeah, I finished those. And it's just because every time I walked by, yeah. I had to grab a handful. And so a lot of that stuff hasn't changed other than my habit of buying that stuff for myself. Right. And so, uh, and so, but, but CrossFit really helped me really look at food differently because now here I was thinking about participating in some of these different things and exercising a certain way or potentially riding my bike for 35, 40 miles. And then it really helped me look at nutrition and what I was putting in my body as like, okay, well, this now becomes fuel to do these things. And so if I'm putting shitty food into my body, then I'm going to have a shitty result. Not that I'm not going to do this, but the agony that I'm going to have while I'm trying to ride 40 miles versus feeding your body with good food right. allows you to enjoy that process even more. And so that's really where it came down to me was just the enjoyment of what I was doing and how it made me feel and then shifting things accordingly. Was that, was that kind of nutrition for you? Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of those things as well, but uh, where I was kind of going and I ended up taking the scenic route on that was um, a, a, along with CrossFit, you know, remember, like, I'm pretty sure the the whole 30 challenge came in Oh, sure. Um, the, the elimination diet and what have you. And uh, begrudgingly, I, I did it, you know, because um, mm -hmm. at the time I felt like I was, you know, maintained enough, like for my whatever state that I thought I, I was, I was, you know, fitness wise. Yeah. And uh, so I did that. And I don't even think I did the whole 30 days. I think I did like 20 or something. And but just to understand like how those those different levels of like you know when they call it the sugar dragon and stuff mm -hmm. like when you don't have you withdraw from sugar um and you know just how so long story short for those that don't know the whole 30 challenge is an elimination diet that you can only eat these foods certain foods on this list and all the other foods like pasta and processed foods etc um you cannot eat um because it's just that's part of the elimination you're trying to you know, rid your body of these, like, not for nothing, like toxins that affect mm -hmm. your body in these various ways. But then after the 30 days, you start implementing each um, item one at a time and see how they affect you. Having said that, um, the things you eliminated, I started quickly noticing over time how sugar affected me. Mm -hmm. Like if I have too much sugar, I start sneezing a lot, like I have more, you know, yeah, boogers and shit. So you know what I mean? And I've noticed those things now. So, and I also started noticing other things like how food starts. So that made me start paying attention to other things. Yeah. But that was all through like CrossFit and my well, wife. And basically. A, yeah. 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 It, well, it's she, amazing what the wives do for us. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but it really, you know, it's amazing. And that's just a matter of paying attention, right? If you want to pay attention and you want to understand what some of these happenings, or you could just completely do them and ignore it. But when you pay attention to how you want to feel and then how some of these things are allowing you to feel, that's a great, it's a great combination because it's just, again, it's being mindful, it's being present about like right. everything that's happening to you. And then again, the choices that you make for yourself and the, and then, you know, the cause of those choices. And so, 
nobody forces you to eat anything that you don't want to eat. And it's so it's just a matter of, okay, well, now how are these things affecting, you know, the decisions and the choices that I'm making for myself? Right. Um, yeah, definitely. And those are all attributed, like, you know, that's just like one fashion of, you know, or one, you know, category mm -hmm. of like overall, like being in a place where you feel, you know, um, clear, I guess, on, on a certain level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, mind and, yeah. So, and, you won't ever know that you don't get rid of that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh huh. 100%. No, how had, how had COVID kind of played a part for, for you? I mean, did that, uh, you know, I know for me, it altered some of the things that I did, but didn't really alter, you know, kind of any long-term thing for my health, meaning that I, I went out and I still walked. I, I, you know, in fact, I started rowing and I find that, um, even through COVID, I find that I'm at a healthier level than when I started COVID. And, and, and that's just attributed to being really mindful throughout that past year of what I was going to still do for myself. How did, you know, how did COVID affect anything for you guys, or for um, you, you know, as far as? Uh, just uh, as far as fitness goes, it didn't really affect us much. The only thing we did do um, was... We bought a rower um, yeah. right before COVID, or my, I shouldn't say we, uh, my wife bought a rower because <laughs> uh, that was her decision. And it was a good decision because, mm -hmm. I mean, we started building our own garage gym uh, yeah. maybe about a, a year or two ago mm -hmm. uh, or so. And uh, so that was just another addition to it. Um, and if anything, COVID, if anything, like for us fitness wise, COVID just reinforced those ideas that we already had. Mm -hmm. um kind of just mm -hmm. reminded us and then it was also kind of uh, brought to a, a sense of like how important fitness is because that's one thing that exploited and not for nothing like I lost family members to it and that's something I had to ex I, I accepted probably mm. March April May around there because uh at first when it first all kicked off I was like hyper aware of like you know going to the store and gloves and having that like oh shit you know this is real mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. But then through the process of doing my own research, listening to different podcasts and stuff, listening to experts, you know, talk about it, um, I started to understand it more. And once I understood it, I understood that it was in the system, our system, and it was eventually we're going to get it, you know, whether we like it or not, or some form of it, whether, you know, impacts us in that way. Sure. Um, having said that, we kind of pressed forward. We did all the things, wear masks and, you mm -hmm. know, where you're supposed mm -hmm. to, what have you. But uh, since we were mountain biking and had our own go out gym, like, like, you know, already. Yeah. Yeah. Like none of the, like, if anything, the trails got more crowded because that was the only place that was unaffected. Where you could go and not have to right. really worry about wearing a mask and, and stuff like that. And yeah, right. because, you know, and, and, and we kept to a home gym as well, mainly because I didn't really want to go to any place and wear a mask while I was working out. And so it just became easier to have that routine here at the house. And uh, um, yeah, 100%. But I think that you brought up a good point, you know, mainly because, the physical fitness is one part and a lot of people think that it's just like oh you want to look a certain way and and you 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 do while you will look a certain way from the physical fitness and the foods that you eat it really is more for me it's about my mental health and so you know a lot of the things that i do 
is for my mental health. It's to keep me feeling a certain way about who I am and not going down a negative path. It's to, it's to help me reinforce that I can push past new boundaries and that I can, and that I can explore new places for myself and always continue to grow as an individual. And so the physical fitness part of it is, is just a benefit from all of these other things that I'm really kind of giving myself. Um, through the, just activity. And, and that's really what it be, comes down to. It's just exploring activities. What do you like to do? Do you like to hike? Do you like to mountain bike? Do you like to go for walks? Do you like to, it's just a matter of doing something for yourself because you love yourself. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's, um, you know, and I think that that's really the way that I look at it. Right. No. Yeah. And, um, and it's probably strange for some people to like that will listen to this and be like, not be able to understand that concept. They, I believe they can understand it on a on a on the basic premise of it, but like to fully understand it to a level where it's like, yeah, I get it. Like I know what you're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. is but I say that because I used to be there too. I've heard this conversations, you know, from other people older than me or what have you, and talk about this state, right? This state mm -hmm. of understanding awareness of self or what have you. And it's um not it wasn't just fitness that kind of got me there. It was a bunch of other things as well. You know what I mean? And sure. I think that's the, once you can start shifting the understanding, because a lot of people think fitness is expensive. It's, it's, mm. it's a risk. It's, you know, I could get hurt, yada, yada. But at the same time, doctors are expensive, mm. you know, healthcare like, is expensive. You know, medicine's expensive, all that stuff. So you just, if you can start sh sh shifting the way you, understand like to be fitness and it's like reallocating your money elsewhere yeah you know what i mean like so mm -hmm. i'm gonna start doing all these right things yeah it's gonna seems more expensive to uh buy healthier food but in the reality of it if you stop buying all the other shit you know what i mean like you know it's less like, money spent yeah it's less money so you're just reallocating you're just shifting everything over and, and also uh, go ahead i was gonna say that i also i really like to equate us to kind of being captains of our own ship and just us being boats in general, right? Like boats are meant to be in the water. Um, they're not meant to sit at shore. And when they sit at shore, what happens? They start to rot from the bottom and right. from just not having any use. And so while yes, there is a chance that something could happen to the boat while it's at sea, it's still meant to be at sea. And so right. we're meant to move. We're meant to, uh, our bodies to, you know, to move and to do different things. And so- It needs to be under stress. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so- Physical stress. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so all of that stuff is really good and healthy for us. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there's certainly some some risks involved, but there's risks involved with with everything. Yeah, there, there is, and there is. And it, it, if you can start- and people can start like changing their quality of life and shift it to different means and understand it. Like, and, and I get it. Like I've, it, it's strange to kind of come from like one state to another in the sense of like just overall wellness, you know, like mm -hmm. in the, not wellness, but like to go from like being in the hype of, of NFL football, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And being in that, that world and like watching it every Sunday and, it was like a, a, a religion almost, you know what I mean? Like how much I invested into it and 
like to kind of like shift gears and like kind of not like I haven't really watched football like in three years you know what I mean I kind of you know yeah I don't want to say like I found like a different way to you know exert energy and like get more enjoyment through nature and all these other things like through mountain biking and being outside but taking my dog on hikes and what have you but uh yeah so it's definitely I'm sorry if I'm rambling around right now, but no, this is great. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's, again, it's, it's a highlight. And I think that COVID has really allowed people to realize like people are under stress right now. You know what I mean? And, and we got through 2020 because it was like, what, right? This, this, we're this fight or flight and we've got to hunker down and we've got to do all of these different things. And so now as that pressure is starting to, to release, people are going to be more and more aware of the neglect that they give themselves. And so, you know, that's really why I'm a big advocate for, again, just moving, making good choices in the moment, you know, a, a bad meal doesn't have to turn into a bad day. doesn't have to turn into a bad right. weekend or a bad week, you know? No, yeah. And that's. And that's the side of it too. I mean, understand like, okay. So I know it sounds like I eat everything right and what have you, but there's times and days where I eat, like I'll go grab some water or oh, something, yeah. but I yeah. understand not going into it. Like I'm going to feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, but yeah, like, like I, I all right, that you risk. know, this isn't going to do me any good, but I'm going to eat half of this carton of ice cream tonight, yep. and I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm doing it, and I yeah. love it. And then, but I just I try to limit, you know, how often I'm doing that. But I can get exactly. into a cycle where I'll have ice cream two or three days a week, you know, two or three. It's times a slippery a slope though, too. And then it's, it's just, and then after a month, I'm like, okay, well, listen, I've been eating ice cream for a month now, and I got to cut this out. Uh, but it's yeah. fine. You know, I'm not going to beat myself up for it. It's still, it's, right. it's, it's a choices that I make. Um, but that's really where just being more mindful and, and, and actually journaling has, has helped, helped me with that whole process of being like, okay, what are you doing? And then let's get right back to it. Uh, have you seen a, uh, a documentary called that sugar film? Um, it's with a, a I think he's British. Anywho, well, anyways, there's a part in that if you guys haven't seen it, and that's kind of what one of the documentaries is. Because if you watch it, like if you get any any type of information, the way mm-hmm. we see it is like, all right, now you know the information. Now what are you gonna do about it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You can't, mm-hmm. you know, know the answer if you're not willing to do anything about it. So. Yeah. And that's where implementation is, right? Like if, if, if you want this and you like it, well, then what are you going to, you know, how are you going to bring it into your world? How are you going to make space for it? And uh, so if you yeah. haven't seen it, check that out. And that, I will. Yeah. I'll definitely yeah check it out. It's called that sugar film and it's very entertaining the way they break it down and what have you, but there's this, uh, a, a quote from it. that kind of just got seared in my brain. And when they were talking to the scientists or, you know, um, they were talking about how sugar uh, is more addictive than cocaine. Like yeah. a rat is willing to work harder for uh, sugar than it is cocaine. That like tripped me out. That's, I was like, wow, that's, that's wild, right? Yeah, and I, I get it, man. Because if I, that's why we we don't buy it and have it in the house. We were making we, we were making chocolate bombs this 
this winter for year for people and so we bought like marshmallows and i don't even know what a chocolate stuff. bomb is so it's like, like, like a hot chocolate bomb so it's uh -huh. like this little round mold of uh of, of chocolate and you put hot chocolate in there and then you fill it with whatever you want to like marshmallows or whatever you would put in hot chocolate mm -hmm. and kind of mix it up and and, it, and it's this rich hot chocolate uh thing for yourself and so we're putting marshmallows in there and again it goes back to that sweet tooth oh, you know, yeah. or that addiction and it was just like as soon as as soon as there was marshmallows in the house guess what i mean i was i was eating them and, right uh but yeah it, and it's hard to pass up once you start it's so hard to just put those away no it is it is um so it, we my wife and i have a comment saying in this house you ever seen the movie pineapple express yeah and he's like you brought the devil into my house. <laughs> yeah. So every time they bring something, like somewhere we have a party or something, and they bring like Dr. Pepper or something, like brought the devil into my house. Yeah, I love that. It's so as, true. as I'm drinking it. Like <laughs> now, I know that one thing that especially I love with the rower, it allows me to practice uh, my nose breathing, and so I know your wife does a lot of uh, nose breathing practice through right. activity and working out. Do you, do you participate in any of that? Have you, I, I do. I've uh, started implementing it and it was through her as well as some podcasts I saw with James Nestor. Um, yeah. And uh, if you don't know, I saw, who one is, with, I saw one with Joe Rogan and, uh, and he was talking about, I had started this, but then I saw Laird Hamilton talk about nose. Oh breathing. yeah. And that yeah. was an amazing uh, conversation that he had with him that really then said, okay, well, I'm going to get a little bit more serious with this. So I started implementing it, uh, working out as well mm. as just daily. And the mm. first thing is just kind of just being aware of it of your mouth breathing. Mm -hmm. And um, if so, if you guys haven't seen that, that podcast that we we're just talking about, I think it was Joe Rogan and James Nestor, but mm. that's a really good one. And talking about the evolution of the skull and like how it affects you and like the, the way your teeth are like now adjusting because so it's, it's amazing the way they broke it down. Having said all that, um, along with, you know, my wife starting it with the program she was following uh, or she follows um, for all nasal breathing, there's different mm -hmm. gears and what have you. So I started doing that, kind of just being aware of it, because that's kind of where it starts, just kind of, all right, be aware of it. And then slowly over time, start implementing it and for like a longer term uh, for it to take take hold, I feel. Um, it's amazing when you first start, it's hard, right? Like It is. You feel hard. like you're not getting enough air and it's like you want to you wanna break that that seal and take like a big breath in because it's like, I don't have enough air inside my body. Right. And uh, some other things I learned too, that like the material in the center of your nose or in the inside of your nose is similar to um, like male and female genitalia. Okay. Uh, so it, as it, as you practice it, it starts getting like adjusted and the walls will start moving. It's not like a, a like in any way erotic or what have you, but it, it allows your capillaries and everything so you can start breathing well, in more air the more you practice and it's met the whole filtration system through the nose like that's right. the primary so way that we're supposed COVID to again enforce that as well in yeah 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 so having said all that i started doing it racing too 
um oh, and wow. it helps it helps tremendously yeah well and i would imagine it helps while you're racing to maintain a level heartbeat so you don't get overly excited about any one situation that you're in right because that's really what nose breathing has a very calming effect and helps with a lot of anxiety as well too you know it just does. being yeah it definitely does uh yeah so the nose breathing has helped like with a lot of different things and in the sense of like mental health and what have you and like uh going to uh like different places or whatever like with crowds mm -hmm. or what have you you know mm -hmm. sometimes i get a little you know agitated or what have you uh, mm -hmm. and so nasal breathing actually helps out with that as well um sometimes you know if it gets too crazy still gotta step out what have you but sure. you know what i mean um it's but it, it definitely does help out a lot as well as you know it's a bunch of things right diet mm -hmm um how inflammation affects your brain the the uh, uh how it affects your body the way it makes you help respond to stress or what have you it's all mm -hmm. it's all relative really but it's also just being aware of that so yeah and it, it was amazing to to when i was listening to leonard hamilton talking and it was really hit home talking about how back in the day like you know it's an efficient way to keep yourself at a certain level so that you can do this in a, at whatever activity that you're doing over an extended period of time. And so that had a lot of interest, right? Like if I'm a hunter and a gatherer and I'm going out to hunt and I could be gone for 18 hours, I don't, I, you know, I, I need to be able to exert this level of energy over a long period of time and not be able to be stuck at wherever I'm at and be able to, you know, kind of get yourself back. And so, as I've been rowing, I've been pushing how long I sit on the rower, how long I'm doing all of these things. And, and nose breathing has helped me stay at a level where I'm not taxing myself at a, at, in a right. way that, again, will allow me um, to row for longer periods of time. But I'm sure even for mountain biking, it allows you to maintain this level of energy and then even especially at the end, which is critical for racing, be able to have a leftover burst where you can where you can now go all out right like this last weekend i had a race this past weekend and it was 11 stages in one day oh wow um and we actually ended up having to do another stage at the end of it because of the way the beacon was at the end it was confusing there was like a sign that said finish and then the beacon was like another like 25 meters so we stopped and then oh, long story wow. short, we, went, we had to go all the way back, which is probably like six miles or what have you, back to the beginning where the tents were, what have you. Mm -hmm. And we asked them like, hey, I'm not, because at the same time, I was like, well, maybe we jacked it up, you know what I mean? But I asked them like, hey, stage seven, you know, with some issues with, they're like, just go ahead and do it again. So we had to ride all the way back up the hill and do everything. Granted, it's Texas, this is in Colorado, but it's still a good climb. Sure. Um, and then you still got to race down. And I think that's what people misunderstand. Like, well, you're going downhill. It's not that hard. But it is because you're constantly engaging all your core, your muscles, your quads. Your whole, body, your whole is, body is engaged, right? The, right. the, the entire time. And then you're pedaling sometimes because it's an enduro race. It's not all like just downhill. It's up and down and it's techie. And, um, but anyways, yeah, so the, it definitely helped out. Like my body started fatiguing, like muscular, like, but it was because I was cramping. Um, yeah. Like I started to cramp, but it, that was because of lack of hydration. Cause I just decided to take a one water bottle mm. and I was just kind of going off of that. You know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. um, for for a long race. You know, I refilled it like six stages in, but yeah, it's definitely. And then you're hiking your bike across stuff, and so it's it's definitely a long day of yeah of stuff. But anywho, yeah. So nasal breathing has helped out a lot. And just real quick, but I've looked at my older videos of like me recording and my on my GoPro on my mm-hmm. GoPro. And I can hear myself breathing like a couple of years ago. I'm like, I sound just, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just sound like a, a freaking creep calling at night or something. <laughs> but, uh, and then like the ones now, like the more, more recent ones, it's like a lot quieter. I'm like so surprised. It's, it's crazy. Cause I'm mean, like, and when I'm done, I'm not like, <sighs> you know, I'm just like, and it's, well, that's it. And you know, the more short breaths you take like that, the more that you're taxing your body. You know, and right. so you're going to be, you're just going to be more tired at the end of that versus having, you know, kind of a nose breathing. So no, that's awesome. I'm glad that you've been able to incorporate that. It's been a, it's right. been crazy trying to do it. Uh, but once, once you get the practice, it really is, uh, it's amazing. Right. And uh, it's so crazy how like as a species, like we're like rediscovering this, you know what I mean? This is like, it's like all these like, things that we. This should just, be just natural instinct. Why aren't we doing right. it? Uh, and it makes, it also makes sense because when I was taking a, my dog out uh, on the trail, or what have you, I was like, it makes sense if I was hunting right now. If I'm mouth breathing, the animals could hear me a lot better as opposed to nasal breathing. You know, because you're quieter, mm-hmm. you're trying to move mm-hmm. quietly through, like you're hunting, like a hunter gatherer, as opposed to, a, you know, <laughs> like two miles away. <laughs> So I don't know. <laughs> no, it's wild. It really is. And, you know, and uh, um, that's awesome. I want to make just a little bit of a, uh, a transition because you mentioned, you know, the military. Um, and so one, thank you for your service, but for both you and, and your wife. Um, Thanks uh, for your support. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now, you know, just help me, you know, what got you thinking about joining the service? I mean, how was that something that you had thought uh, about? Did you <laughs> just say, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's always an interesting story because a lot of people have a lot of different reasons why. Yeah. They, you know, why so they the way it happened for me, uh, it, it's kind of funny because it was probably like I was 16, 17 and the neighborhood I grew up in wasn't like, you know, my mom saw like we you know what you know options i had and wasn't very many you know there are a lot mm-hmm. of them are negative and uh she just wanted me to get out so she had recommended me to join the military and mm. in my infinite wisdom at the age of 16 um i thought it was a dumb idea for whatever reason we got in a big old argument over it and uh and i was just like i'm never gonna join the military blah, blah, blah. you know whatever yeah. And I don't know why I thought that. And so, I don't know, fast forward a few months, she made me promise her to go with her. She was very um, um, religious. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to, she made me go, not made me, she, she was like, hey, Miho, would you go with me to, you know, a Billy Graham concert downtown and here in San Antonio? And I was like, yeah, I'll go, you know, you know, I felt kind of bad for being, you know, a little asshole, but you know, so I, I went or whatever, and uh, we went, and there was a major that was talking, and she was kind of giving her, her story, her testimony, how she joined the military or whatever. Mm. Anyways, so that kind of like sparked something, like you know, it changed my perspective, understanding of what it was, because I really didn't have a plan, honestly. Yeah. 
Um, I really didn't want to go to college because not a lot of kids do at that age, yeah. though, right? Like it's a tough to be like, okay, this is you know, most people's a lot of adults don't be like, okay, this is what I want to do for my for the rest of my life, you know. Exactly. So yeah, and it was just at that stage, you know what I mean? I didn't and uh so she she gave her testimony and then that kind of sparked something and then I went to the recruiter without my parents knowing. Um I want to go talk to them. I was actually went to the Marines because um, in my mind, I was like, you know, it's the ego. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I'm going to join, I want to do something, whatever, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went to the recruiter station uh, for the Marines or whatever. And not whatever, but, you know, I went to go talk to them and mm-hmm. they were out to lunch. So right next to it was the Air Force and it was also the Army. So as, as I was walking away, uh, Air Force recruiter called me. And she was like, hey, uh, you trying to join the Marines? I was like, yes, ma'am. She was like, well, why don't you come in here and wait for him? Like, till they come back from lunch. And uh, yeah. so, <laughs> I was pretty slick. <laughs> so she got me in there and uh, she was like, you know, dressed to the T. She was like, she was sharp. Yeah. Uh, she, she didn't bullshit me. She told me straight up, like, you know, what to expect. She was an XTI, you know, so a technical instructor or, you okay. know, all yeah. other branches is DI. Um, but she, I don't know. It's just the way she was just straight up with me. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it. And then I entered the uh, delayed entry program and this was like in 97. And I left in January 98. Uh, I, I didn't tell my parents till a week prior. Wow. Prior to leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm were, sure your mom, now was your mom, I'm sure she was supportive, right? I mean, she was, she, she was, but she was surprised, you know, because sure. yeah. I just went up to him I'm like, hey, I'm leaving next week. They're like, they thought I was gonna go to the lake or something. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm joining the, the Air Force, and I'm like, like yeah. with their jaw open or whatever. But yeah, it was a it was a good decision. Um, you know what I mean? It was, you know, it was a good time. And I left in January '98, and that's why that's how I met Javi. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, my after my first base, I went to Florida, and he was there. Yep. So that's okay. Why I yeah. Excellent. And now, um, did did you meet Sandy in 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 the military? I, did you guys know each other before? I did. Um, so I was in Korea, and that's where I met Sandy. She was a, a plans officer. We became good friends. Um, yeah. Like there was a, a bunch of group of us that hung out yeah. together. We all yeah. became good friends, and then uh, after uh, Korea. Uh, she went to Colorado. I went to Florida and we just became like, you know, in touch, stayed in yeah. touch. And then we yeah. kind of went through our own personal, you know, issues with our spouses at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were still friends. And then after a while we connected that way. Um, I guess, you know what I mean? And then yeah, yeah, fast forward. Totally. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of found some commonality and support yeah. from each other. So, and, uh, yeah, we, yeah kind of, we grew up the same way. We grew up like, you know, not having a whole lot, uh, yeah. taking care of our family, you know, taking care of our families or what have you. And yeah. Sorry, my dog's uh, no, it's all drinking water great. back here. <laughs> Thanks, Lotus. But yeah, that's how, that's how we met. Uh, she was a, a plans um, uh in plans and programs, uh, she was Air Force as well, and I was in a Kimmel antenna maintenance shop. So yeah, we, no, that's that's yeah. Uh, that's super cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Both from Texas, met in Korea. <laughs> yeah, 
strange. That's, that is wild. It's amazing yeah. how uh, how some of these things play out and happen. And you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer in the universe gives you what you need and all of that type of stuff. And yeah, uh, you know, it brings people together when you need it. And so yeah, she's um, definitely keeps not in the negative connotation, but um, like pulls the best out of me and like uh, at the same time like challenges me, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's an amazing thing to to just to be able to give that to each other, right? Yeah, sure you got to call each other it. on your shit. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. um, if not, you're just kind of contributing to the whatever way they're going. You influence you each like in a relationship. In a relationship, you constantly you have an equal amount of influence on each other, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, uh, I know I watch some of the stuff that she does and, uh, you know, she seems like she's pretty intense, like Kathy, like we're, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the working out and uh, um, <clears throat> she certainly seems like a role model for a lot of people out there too. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's a little bit more reserved than I, um, but at the same time, like, she's uh, definitely very knowledgeable and very... Uh, yeah. A lot smarter than she gives herself credit for. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Last one. Uh, I'm not saying a whole lot. Now, uh, and so you you mentioned that you um, what last year decided to professionally go into mountain biking. So, what has that experience been for you? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure was mountain biking something always that you did for fun, but then maybe what does it do for you now? So um, the first time mountain biking was introduced to me, I was in Germany hmm. and I had some friends that I was stationed with um, that had mountain bikes and they invited me and I went like maybe four or five times, didn't know what I was doing, um, didn't know how to use the gears or anything. I was dying every time. I was usually hung over. Hmm. Um, so it was, uh, it was pretty brutal in the beginning, but I was always glad I did it at the end. You know, mm -hmm. one the accomplishment, two like the adventure, three crashing. You know, that kind of woke you up a little bit. And then uh, there was just a, a a always had a positive. You know, you know, like hey, I need to go back to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's that was my thing. Yeah. And then I didn't do it again for because uh, after Germany I went to Boston. That's where I met you guys. Yeah. Um, and I was always on the road. I was always gone. You know and I never really had the time to mountain bike, which is not really true. I did have the time, but I wasn't in the place to, to even start it wasn't a, it. Yeah, it wasn't a priority at that point to, right, to be kind right. of out there for you, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so I reconnected with mountain biking uh, after I retired in May of 18. Um, and I went on an impulse buy, and I just went to a local bike shop um, and went in i was like i don't even know what kind of bike i'm looking for i was doing crossfit at the time but i was trying to hit that that plateau of like crossfit where i was trying to get not necessarily bored with it but it was bringing on its own challenges because mm -hmm. um like the crowd situation again you know what i mean it, it was too many people at peak time i would get like real irritable and frustrated mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. you know it just wasn't really having the space to work out yeah 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 it's... so it was just that that part of it i, I started to like you know not like um having said that I, I was always kind of circling back to mountain bike so i went into uh, a shop i asked them like hey give me a bike i could ride on the road which is so stupid in hindsight knowing what i know now 
like one I could ride on the road and one I can like mountain bike on. So they put me on a trail bike, a hardtail, which means there's no rear shock. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was my first bike. And I crashed a shit ton. But I remember every time after riding, I had like this, you know, like I was recharged, you know? Yeah. It was a pet. It gave you, it gave you a space to kind of just be maybe alone for yourself. Like yeah. It's like doing, being a kid again, doing yeah. something for yourself that gives you energy and it gives you excitement and, and, and fun. And yeah, I think more people need to follow those, those things, right? Like those right. things that, that, that make us happy. Right. And uh, I don't know, like oftentimes I, I feel that, a lot of people just misunderstand what they think makes them happy. Mm. You know, like some people, it may bring like instant satisfaction, but long-term it's not really. So it's just kind of identifying what those things are. Yeah. Questioning them and then trying to find something that's going to be, you know, longer lasting. Well, yeah, because we all have to have some sort of like hobby or thing that that, that gives us some enjoyment, right? Like right. It, it can't just be this mundane life and world that we live in because otherwise we're just going to be miserable. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to be just constantly trying to fill something that is not really ever mm -hmm. to be filled. Yeah. So now, so now do you have a certain amount of races that you have to do, you know, like what does, I guess, being professional mean? And well, so I did a, I did a pro race last year. Um, but I don't think, I'm not sure if the professional route, I would, though I would love to, but I oh, just gotcha. think it's, yeah, unless I can get a, a sponsorship and or something it's, yeah, like it's too much. Like, Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's expensive and it's very time consuming. Um, mm -hmm. Like, got to be gone a lot. So it's kind of really trying to identify and weigh the balance between those two. Because if anything, I learned from my last injury is that I became one dimensional, mm. and I almost literally almost gave up like riding mountain bikes for oh, that. Wow. You know, because I was so angry. I was angry because of like not only like necessarily like family time and not to say that i wasn't you know spending time with them because i was it was more so because not only the video editing the you know going to the places to pre-ride and then if i would get injured you know it was time away you know how to go to the mm -hmm. hospital and stuff like that but it was this last injury was more so like all those things like i stopped fishing i stopped really working out like this was my primary thing and because I was so one-dimensional, I became mentally saturated with it that it became unenjoyable for me to do. Yeah, no. Does that make sense? You, yeah, you lost the balance of, of all exactly. the stuff in your life that also brings you happiness right. and, and gives you kind of what they need. It's foundational, right? Like if you can't, if you can't move your body and work out and feel right. a certain way, then you then you start to feel a certain way. Right. And that angered me. It angered me because I don't want to allow any one thing to control me. Does yeah. that make sense? Totally. If, so, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of it. So it's good. Side. So you're back to just, uh, you know, having some fun with it, but still being competitive. Uh, yes. 
yeah Great. so the the last the last few races were very enjoyable i was like laughing you know like as we're waiting to do our stage we're just on a big old line like a big old traffic jam mm -hmm. i was just laughing you know making fun making jokes and stuff as opposed to the ones before i was just like you know trying to be in this your intent was like okay i gotta go like here we go right like i'm still gonna go as hard as i can but now i'm gonna be smiling when i'm doing it as opposed to kind of like this, you know angry face you know um or intense face or whatever so yeah. i'm just really no, trying and if if it if anything transpires from this as far as professional or anything i i like to leave all doors open yeah if that makes sense yeah who knows where things take you and the the amazing thing is just being open to wherever the experience goes right because you have no idea what's to come from it right but as long as you're enjoying it along the way then it's no you know it's not wrong so uh right. yeah just get to see where it goes um excellent before we wrap up i know we're you know we're we're, we're coming up on an hour here i you know i want to take up too too much of your time but i want to just also talk about uh, you have your own podcast, and I'm really interested to hear oh, okay. know, what all of that's about, and kind of share, you know, what you get to, you know, explore with uh, on that for yourself. So yeah, I uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I, the it's on. So the YouTube channel is Crash Fitty, which is a combination of two names I got from mountain biking, Crash Bandicoot. Mm -hmm. um, which uh, a nonprofit veteran nonprofit that I ride with called the Dirt Therapy Project. Uh, if you want to look them up, tdt tdtp.org. Um, but on their first, my first ride to Bentonville, when I first started riding, uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, was like a Disneyland in the United States for mountain biking. Oh wow! Um, but uh, so they gave me the name Crash Bandicoot because I crashed there like a bunch of times. And then another guy I ride with here, who's a pretty very inspirational guy that I ride with, uh, named Jesse. He's had like um, battled through stage four cancer, pancreatic cancer, and like it's yes, and he's still going, man. Like he's always had a smile on his face, still riding, even through chemo, he was wow, still riding and stuff. Yeah, very inspirational. So he gave me the name 50 50 because that was my like crashing ratio usually when he's around <laughs> me. So, so I just threw the name, the two together. It probably doesn't sound good off the tongue, but hey, whatever. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, but so i'm on i'm on instagram i'm also on youtube but on that youtube channel there's a the podcast is uh there's a separate playlist called crash and chug uh mtb it's kind of a play on the acronym more than mountain biking and also mountain biking um yeah. but we uh address and we try to have fun with it you know we're joking what have you we get serious as well like we have had other veteran nonprofits and they're doing good uh, work in the research of uh, um, neuroscience uh, within relation to TBIs, um, mm. PTSD, um, any type of uh, blunt, blunt force traumas. And they also deal with like first responders as well as uh, veterans and other uh, of the alike. And it's really just my, my platform where I want to be able to kind of talk about mountain biking and the things that like you know how to learn from it what have you in the intricacies of that sport but also the podcast is open for other things like we've had um other nonprofits on such as operation rsf who they mm -hmm. partner with other gyms around the world crossfit gyms and they through coaching um the neuroscientist i had on her name is uh, dr kate pate uh, she's on Instagram. She's very fascinating stuff where they take images of the brain, how um, psilocybin and other uh, like um, uh, holistic medicines affect it, 
neurogenesis and what have you reduces brain inflammation mm-hmm. uh, also functional medicine that's another thing that we've had on so it's really trying to bring this information out to anybody that's listening and have that's a good true. time with it share our stories and pretty much introducing them and in the next seasons is just going to progress on and we let it go and kind of like this podcast right here you know kind of just let it go and you know some of our See, stories right come out in it and some That's of them great. sometimes don't but yeah. yeah man excellent excellent well listen uh simon this has been fantastic i uh, uh it's always great to connect but even more so to just really understand it even a little bit more uh about you so i really appreciate you uh taking the time to to come on no problem. And hopefully I answer all your questions and I didn't ramble too much. <clears throat> no, it was, uh, it was great. And, uh, before we end, I just, I want to just say, uh, again, thank you, you know, for your service as well as Sandy's, you know, truly, truly appreciate, uh, all those, uh, who serve, uh, but especially people that we know. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.